Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for joining us. I want to talk today about warning signs of the Christian life, about uh, warning signs and things that you can use uh, to, to look out for to make sure you're staying on the right course with the Lord. Our life with the Lord, our born-again life, is a really a life of going against the grain. It's swimming upstream. It's, it's not a life of effortless just sitting there. Uh, it's a life of action. It's a life of uh, encouraging ourselves. It's a life of moving forward. It's a life of pressing in, right? So I want to talk today about, um, about warning signs on that, on that journey in our walk with the Lord. Um, I started thinking about this the other day, uh, and I said, I'm going to write down a list of, of, of signs that someone is backslidden or is in the, or is, uh, in the process of backsliding. So I've written down a few here. And I think there's more, but I want to get into some specifics, things that I know from my life in the past where I wasn't in the place that I should be and just things that I've noticed. So we're going to start number one with uh, uh, number one sign is people who are easily and constantly offended. One of the the major lessons we see in the word is that is that offense will steal and rob from you. Offense is something that will come to everybody, the Bible says. Uh, Offense comes. But, but it's up to us to protect our heart. Proverbs 4.20 Proverbs 4, 20 through 23 says, My son, attend to my word. Incline your ear to my sayings. Don't let them depart from your eyes and keep them in the midst of your heart, for they will be life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. And then verse 23 says, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it flow the issues of life. So you see this verse that talks about receiving the life from God's word. You see the verse then that talks about be, the word being health or medicine to your flesh. And then the very next verse is keep your heart for out of it flow the issues of life. The same thing in the gospels when Jesus was talking to the disciples and he says a couple verses in a row, he says that, that people know and quote, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And then he says, um, where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. And then, uh, and then the next verse, the next thing that comes up is, is about forgiveness, about keeping your heart from unforgiveness. How many times should we forgive? Matthew 18. How many times should we forgive? Seven, uh, seven times in a day? No, but 70 times seven. And so you see the heart being clear from, from hurt and offense as one of the keys to receiving from the Lord. So when you find people who are easily offended um, and, and who, who find a problem with everything, you find these people who, back, who bad talk the church and they bad talk preachers and they bad talk ministries. When you find people who's, who all they do is criticize what's going on, this church should be doing this, I can't believe they're doing that, and you see that, that's a sign of being backslidden. That's a heart that's far from God. And because we're, we're told to keep our hearts, that even if someone does us wrong, it says, the, the Bible actually says to make allowance for one another's faults. I think that's such an uh, awesome verse. But if you think about that, you make an allowance. An allowance is something that's set aside. So as a teenager or as a young person, you know, I never really got an allowance, but people get an allowance and there's $20 a week that they know is set aside for their allowance. It's money that's set aside. It's something that's been allowed towards them, right? So someone gets a meal allowance as part of their travel pay for their work, right? But it's something that's set aside for a specific thing. When, when the Bible says make allowance for one another's faults, it says, hey, people are going to do you wrong. Go ahead and just set aside mercy for them in advance, knowing that it's going to come. So when people are so touchy and, and, uh, and get their feelings hurt and everyone's after them and victim mindset, 
that that's a sign that their heart's not right with the Lord. The Lord, the Bible actually says in Malachi that the, the Savior would come to return the hearts of the fathers back to the children and the hearts of the children back to the fathers. So there's a there's a there's a um a knitting together that God looks to do in people's family. So it's it's a, it's for the unbeliever to be always offended. He said this, he said that. For us, it's to be quick to forgive. I remember one time with my wife, uh, I was about to go pray, and my wife asked me to do something. It was, it was like something like doing the dishes or something. And she said, "You know, I, I see. I feel like I always do the dishes around here." And and I got upset because I was like, I, you, "When you're asleep, I wake up and I do the dishes regularly, right?" So for me, I was just like feeling like she didn't notice, and I said something quick, and I'm like, "I do it." You know, I don't remember what I said. It was a, it was a small thing, but anyway. And I went to go downstairs, and I'm going to go pray. And I went to go downstairs to pray, and I got into my prayer room here, and I went to close the door. I closed the door and I went to start praying and I felt the Lord say, go make it right before I could even make it before I could even come to the Lord in prayer. Hey, go fix that with your wife. It's like the Bible says, whenever you give a gift, if you bring a gift to the altar, go first and go and make it right with your brother before you bring the gift. So God wants us to keep our heart clear. Someone who's offended all the time, offended everybody, offended the church. It's a sign of being backslidden. Number two is eyes on the things of the world. Eyes on secular music, eyes on movies, just eyes turned and looking at the things of the world and desiring the things of the more world more than spiritual things. When people's whole focus is the the event that they're planning in the next month, and they've got this coming up, and it's just event to event, rather than impacting the kingdom of God, people the the children of God should be kingdom focused. And and this is something that you have to keep a watch on your life at all times because yes, there's times of feasting. Yes, we've got Christmas time and Thanksgiving time and time with the family and, and there's things that come up. But but our next vacation shouldn't be our whole focus. You know, this person's music release shouldn't be our whole focus. This this movie that's coming out shouldn't be our whole focus. This video game shouldn't be our whole focus. For me, that's why I had to quit video games. Because for me, it became my whole focus. It was something that I thought about even when I wasn't playing. I'd be on the, the forums, and I'd be researching and reading, and it, and it took up my thoughts. And so people whose eyes are on the things of the world, not on the things of God. The Bible says, don't set in Colossians, it says, don't, it said, set your affection on things above, not on things of the earth. So it doesn't mean we can't, you know, if you're in school, you're in college, that you're focused and there's things. I'm not talking about leaving school. I'm just talking about when there's when there's a draw that you're high, that you're that you're just focused on you're not focused on spiritual things and you're way more focused on natural things the next thing number 3 is no desire to see people reached for the gospel no desire to see souls saved I know I understand that there's people who haven't been trained there's people whose church has never trained them there's never been a way given to them to go win souls so um, I was going to say if you're not a soul winner you're backsliding or you're backslidden but I understand there's people who've just never been trained the ministry that I'm linked up with, Revival Ministries International, we train people to win souls. We actually give a little script that even if you live in Russia, you can download the script in Russian and go out and win souls. But there should be a heart's desire to see people reach. There should be a compassion for the lost. You know, the great commission is to go into all the world and preach the gospel. And that was given to his disciples, not just to those in the fivefold ministry. So when your heart goes cold and you don't care that someone's not not reached. If you if if you've been a soul winner and then you go thirty days, forty five days, sixty days. If you're going long times without winning souls, that's that's a sign of backsliding. I'm not saying you're completely backslidden at that point. I'm saying that that the fire is growing cold. The Bible says fan into flame. The Bible says stir up the gift that's within you. So the the third one would be no desire to see people reached. A heart on fire always wants to reach other people. 
That's the way it goes. When your heart is burning for the gospel, you want to lay hands on the sick. You want to see souls saved. The word says, your word was in me like a fire and I could not, I could not hold it in. I had to let it out. So I would say that would be number three. And then number four is, is no worship life. For me, when I was younger and I wasn't on fire for the Lord, I, I would skip worship. I would still come to church, but I would skip worship. So I'd be the one who got there 45 minutes after it started, come in at the end of worship and get into the thing. Worship is key because it's the time where you take your eyes off yourself, where you can close your eyes and you can put your eyes on Jesus. And it's all about Jesus. It's a time of of keeping our eyes off of ourselves and putting our eyes on him. If you find yourself getting to work late, you're out in the church late, you're out in the lobby or or just skipping church. It goes without saying if you're if there's no dedication to the house of God, it shows that these things aren't a priority for you. If there was ever a time to be on fire for the Lord and fully obey the Bible, it's now. If there was ever a time to be in church and be dedicated to the house of the Lord, it's now. If there's ever a time to be in the presence of God so you can love the Lord and have him love on you and that you can hear hear his voice, it's now. So backslidden people are the ones who are in worship. They're not in there. They're out in the lobby talking. They're the ones who aren't, they're not pressing in during worship. There's no worship coming from them. Worship comes from a heart of love, comes from a heart of love to the Lord. Worship is key for the believer's life. The Bible says the Father seeks those who will worship Him in spirit and in truth. If you know God the Father seeking worshipers, then a heart of love would say, I'm going to be a worshiper. I'm going to be someone who worships God. So skipping worship or skipping church and then the last one I want to touch on is is days and weeks without spiritual input. You know, you are a, a sum total of your input. So if 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 you're now, I know people get I know people get busy, but there, there's you know there's there's people in here working two jobs and and life's busy. But if but if you're not taking time to input spiritually, reading the word, I would say if you can go a week without spending time in your Bible then you're in a backslidden or backsliding state. The word becomes food to you. I can't go a day without spending time in the word. The word is my life. The word is a lamp to my feet. The word's a light to my path. The word of God is our daily food. It's our daily sustenance. It's how we hear from the voice of God. So when someone can go days and weeks without spiritual input, days and weeks without listening to preaching, days and weeks without spending time in the word, days and weeks without, with your time in the word is your time with Jesus. So someone can say, I love the Lord, but your time in the word is your time with Jesus. And so the time in the word, and, and I don't come out here and say, you need to spend 30 minutes, an hour a day. There was a time I maybe would have said that, but everyone's scheduled a little bit different. There's some people who only thing they do is go to school and they have, they have 20 hours a day free and, and four hours at school. And then I'm not going to say you need to spend 30 minutes a day in the Word. Because if you're training for the ministry, you don't need to spend 30 minutes a day in the Word. You need to spend a lot more than 30 minutes a day in the Word. You need to be studying the Word of God, right? And and so everyone's in a different place. And then some people are busy. But putting the Word in you, it's easier now than it's ever been to put the Word of God in you. The Word of God is, is a light to us. The Bible says, receive with meekness the engrafted Word. It says in the book of uh, in the book of it's James or Peter, receive with meekness. I think it's Peter, the engrafted word that is able to save your souls. The word renews your mind. It gets you thinking like God thinks. It gets you, it gets your mind working in patterns, listening to preaching, making time for the, the house of God. It gets you, it gets you listening for the, it gets your ear tuned for the, the, the voice of God. So your time in the word, your time in putting the word inside your spirit, the Bible says in Psalm 119, 9, in 11, it says, your word have I hidden in my heart that I may not sin against you. The Bible says, uh, 
how will a young man keep his way pure by giving heed according to your word? Having the word in you is what makes your heart have a distaste for the things of the world, have a distaste for sin. You know, the reason I didn't include stuck in the same sins all the time, because there's people who love the Lord and they're just figuring out how to beat things. So when someone, even if you don't have a glaring sin, like you're not addicted to pornography, you're not lying, you're not smoking, you're not drinking. But if but if your heart's not on fire, that's the backslidden state. And obviously it'll lead to the life of sin. But this is this is to show you the warning signs. And then the last one, now that I'm speak, speaking about this, that I would add to the list, the final one, I would say would be uh, would be no giving. When when you stop giving to the to the gospel. The Bible says where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. When you don't desire to tithe anymore, you're you're backsliding or you're backslidden. I've heard Pastor Rodney say when people get ready to leave the church, they get offended. They'll still be in the pews, but they'll stop giving. When people are moving away from the things of God, they're not giving 10% of their income. They're not giving tithes and offerings. So when the... Now, I believe you can be backslidden and still giving. So this isn't a, hey, if you're giving, then you're not backslidden. You know, my, my brother, uh, when he started... Um, when we went into sales, there was a time in his life where he wasn't serving the Lord, just kind of doing his own thing, but was still tithing because he knew there was protection and blessing from the Lord. So he was still tithing. Um, but you know, there was a time for me where someone actually convinced me that tithing was old covenant. I was, I wasn't in a full on living for the Lord state that tithing was old covenant. And I stopped tithing and they're like, you know, everything belongs to the Lord. It's not just 10%. It's funny though, how, when I stopped tithing, I wasn't even giving 10%. It's not like it went up, you know? Oh, it's not 10%. It's everything. Well, then my giving should have gone up. It went down. And so when I came back to the Lord, it was one of the first things that came back. The Lord convicted me and I went back and I gave a year and a half's tithe in one check. I remember getting a call from the church. Did you, did you mean to give this? Yeah. Well, like I I stopped tithing a year ago or a year and a half ago and I, and I gave it back. I don't know how many people have told that story to not the brightest moment in my life, but it was the money and the giving towards the gospel dried up because my heart wasn't there anymore. My heart wasn't in the gospel anymore. And then people blame, oh, it's the local church. They did this wrong, they did wrong. So they it go, They feel justified. Oh, they did this, they did this. And you know, not every ministry is perfect and people have different ideas of how things are supposed to go and how places are supposed to send their money and accommodate people and all that. So people feel justified. But when the giving dries up, it means the heart's not there either. So warning signs. I believe every single one of you are going to make heaven. I believe everyone listening to this, there's a fire coming down into your belly that says, I'm going to serve the Lord with my whole heart. And you know, it's constant adjustments. It's looking at your life and saying, Lord, anything you want me to change, I'll change. Anything you want me to do different, I'll do different. I believe all of us going into this time, you know, for us, we can set up boundaries, but I believe all of us that that, that are t- taking time, you're obviously taking time to put the word of God in your spirit today, but that, we're, that the Lord's going to use us and the Lord's going to use us to impact our generation. I believe that we're going to be some pe- some of the people on the front, the front lines uh, of the things of God and winning people to Jesus and winning souls and winning cities and winning nations to Jesus because time is short. I believe in you. I love you. God bless you. And we'll see you on the next podcast.